Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. There's a lot of reasons why we are stuck with an 80-year-old dementia-riddled man in the White House, at least for the next uh, nearly two years. Uh, We've gone over most of them. Uh, I'd say the number one reason was COVID and the various COVID restrictions that allowed Joe Biden to hide in his basement and allow the mainstream media to do the campaigning for him. It allowed them to use uh, mail-in voting and drop boxes and ballot harvesting and the very and early voting for two months. All of it led to uh, the election, the uh, 81 million votes for a man who has uh, had a 50-year, very undistinguished career in politics. And uh, I guess he was the placeholder. Democrats just wanted to get rid of Trump. They hated Trump. And they did. They got rid of him. And since that day, uh, we've uh, suffered the consequences. I mean, you can look at uh, the various things he's done in office. He's uh, his, his fiscal policies have led have led to a recession. We're at the brink of war in Eastern Europe. We got an open southern border. We have crime just out of control in the inner cities. Um, But I think the most cynical thing, the one thing that we'll remember him for is dividing people. He's the great divider. Obviously, there's been other presidents who have divided people, particularly along racial lines. Nobody divided people like Barack Obama until his vice president came along and made it a cornerstone of his campaign and his presidency. I don't think we've ever seen anything like this. Joe Biden doesn't even pretend to be uh, to be colorblind, to subscribe to uh, um, Martin Luther King's uh, mantra of judging people on the content of the character. Everything, everything he's done for the last two years and two months has been about race. It's been about uh, checking boxes and dividing people and judging people on the color of their skin. I'm just going to say this week he hit rock bottom. It's hard to say because it's been a uh, it's been a, uh, a two years of rock bottom. Just one day after the next, when this cynical, uh, divisive old man just looks at everything based on race, that uh, lies to people about white supremacy being the biggest threat to America, about systemic racism affecting everything in America. People know it's a lie, but it works. I think um, 
again, lots of reasons he managed to uh, ascend to the throne and become the 45th president. Uh, most of them nefarious, but uh, I think dividing people on race, convincing black people that they are oppressed, convincing suburban white women, liberal women, that they are uh, guilty of white privilege and getting them to vote accordingly, convincing people that Donald Trump was somehow a racist and absurd claim for a guy who'd been in the public eye for 40 years, didn't become a racist until he became president, according to uh, his detractors. And again, the unfortunate thing is it has worked. It has worked and he has been relentless and it just never stops. I don't know if you remember the Philadelphia speech with the red background and the two Marines screaming about white supremacy being the biggest threat. He's got his stooge, Merrick Garland. He's got all his cabinet members fixated, focused on race at all times and convincing black people that they're uh, victims and convincing white people or telling, accusing white people that they're oppressors, that they're racist. Um, he has taken us back years. He has rolled back the clock decades to a time when race was a, a, a problem in this country. It's not now. It's not, not, not even close, not, not top 10 issues in this country. Um, there's been, uh, and, and, and God knows Joe Biden leads by example, he makes hires, he makes appointments to the Supreme court, to the, uh, to his cabinet, to his press as his press secretary, everything based on race or, or based on sexuality or based on uh, gender. Everything is about, uh, color of the skin or sexual nothing it's all about immutable characteristics it's never about competence and that has led us to this situation we're in now I don't think I'm speaking out of school I don't think I'm telling anybody anything they don't know uh, I don't think Joe Biden believes a word of it I mean I think the real Joe Biden is the guy who didn't want his kids to go to segregated schools because they'd be jungles the real Joe Biden is the one who eulogized his dear friend Robert Byrd, the Grand Kleagle of the uh, Ku Klux Klan. The real Joe Biden is the one who said, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Uh, that's the guy who now wants you to believe that uh, he's there to, 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 to help lift up African-Americans across the country. Uh, the real Joe Biden is, is not the guy, is, is, uh, is, he's faking it. All right. He's faking it for political purposes. And I don't know who's, uh, who's pushing and pressuring him to do this. Maybe it's Barack Obama behind the scenes and Susan Rice and the other race hustlers who are pulling the strings. But what he did this week is so beyond subtle. There's, it's just despicable. We have two stories. I mean, obviously, we have a hundred stories where this guy, this old man, this 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 dementia-addled old man focuses on skin color, which is a terrible example, a terrible thing for him to do to, for, for this country. It does nothing but divide. That's all he does is divide along racial lines. And I guess he thinks it works for him. I guess it does work for him. But here's, here's what happened this week. If we talked a little bit about it yesterday, 
Um, the, the media is playing their part. If you turn into, I don't know, any cable channel, uh, I guess uh, any liberal TV network, ABC, NBC, CNN, MSNBC, you will see the lead story. The lead story, it's a tragic one. It's a sad one. It's about Ralph Yarl, a 16-year-old kid in Kansas City. Now, we don't know the whole story, but we believe Ralph Yarl was uh, sent to pick up his uh, siblings at a house. He went to the wrong house. He rang the doorbell, and the, uh, the uh, homeowner is a uh, 84-year-old man who uh, does not look well. I mean, he doesn't look as bad as the president but he looks like a kind of a doddering old man. It, it is a, uh, uh, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's sad. It's kind of sick. It's, it's, it's twisted. He shoots Ralph Jarl twice, hits him in the head. It's obviously, uh, uh, they arrested him. They took him into custody. Um, the, there's no real explanation why he felt like he had to shoot first. The 16 year old kid, the kids, I guess he's very tall, and I don't know how, why, but he thought he was being threatened by a man. It was a boy. It was a kid at the wrong house. He should have been arrested. He'll probably die in prison. That's fine. He should. Um, the The reaction was instant, and it was predictable. Ben Crump was in Kansas City like 10 minutes later representing the family of Ralph Yarl. Uh, Joe Biden called the family of, of the Yarl family and actually spoke to Ralph. Ralph is doing miraculously well. He got a bullet in the forehead and he's going to survive. I believe he's already been released from the hospital and he spent time on the phone with Joe Biden, the president of the United States and with Kamala Harris, the vice president. <clears throat> Joe Biden tweeted out yesterday. He said, last night I had the chance to call Ralph Yarl and his family. No parent should have to worry that their kid will be shot after ringing the wrong doorbell. We've got to keep up the fight against gun violence. And Ralph, we will see you in the Oval Office once you feel better. So Ralph Yarl will be going to the White House once he uh, recovers, and he will, apparently. Um, and that's good. That's wonderful. That's, that's, that's nice. Invite him to the White House. Have his, uh, his family at the White House. I mean, I, I know Joe Biden's busy hosting uh, Hunter Biden's business associates and his his paymasters in the White House, but he can squeeze Ralph and Ralph's family in there for a visit. Nothing wrong with that. That's a nice thing. Um, Joe Biden wouldn't do that if, you know, if Ralph you know, were not African-American. Joe Biden wouldn't know his name. Joe Biden would not care at all about Ralph Yarl if he did, if he was not black. That's a fact. Joe Biden doesn't care about victims of gun violence. Joe Biden doesn't care about some poor 16-year-old kid who got shot by some crazed old man, it's, it, it, it means nothing to him except if he can use it, and he can use it. He can exploit it. He can use it for political purposes. So suddenly, Ralph Yarl, the victim here, is going to be a guest of honor at the White House. I mean, the, 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 the idea that he would care at all about this kid uh, is, is absurd, and I can prove it to you. Do you think Joe Biden knows, do you think he has any idea who um, Kaylin Gillis is? Just a guess. Do you know, do, do you think Joe Biden cares? Do you think Joe Biden knows 
who Kalen Gillis is. And I will tell you, without a doubt, he does not. He doesn't know. He doesn't care. It means nothing to him. Joe Biden's people, you know, uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre and her team, her press secretary, his, his, his uh, chief of staff, they probably saw this story. They looked. They read it. They said it's sad. Kalen Gillis, poor kid, poor woman, 20-year-old woman, she's dead. Then they saw her face and they said, well, we don't need her. She's white. The shooter is white. Who cares? So they just turn the page. She means nothing to Joe Biden because he can't use her unfortunate death. She's dead. Ralph Yarl's alive. Ralph Yarl is going to be going to the White House. That's a good thing. Kaylin Gillis is dead. You know what Kaylin Gillis did? She was a passenger in a car who pulled in the wrong driveway. She pulled in the, uh, the, the it's in upstate New York in a remote part of New York. They were lost. They pulled in a driveway to turn around. We've all done it. The, the insane crazed uh, homeowner, uh, a man named, uh, let me get his name. Uh, this is from uh, the New York, uh, this is from the Daily Mail. The upstate New York man accused him of killing a 20-year-old woman who was a passenger in a car that accidentally drove up his driveway has been described by a neighbor as a narcissist with a short fuse. Adam Matthews told the New York Post that he was not surprised to learn that construction boss neighbor Kevin Monahan, 65, was accused in the shooting death of Kalen Gillis on the remote property in the town of Hebron. Gillis was traveling with three friends on Saturday night around 10 p.m. looking for a friend's address when the driver of the vehicle mistakenly pulled into Monahan's driveway. Monahan stepped out onto the porch, fired two shots, one of which hit Gillis, who was a passenger. Uh, Matthews, the neighbor, said one of Monahan's pet peeves was people trespassing on his property. So this poor woman, 20-year-old woman, uh, just was sitting in a car that turned around in a driveway on Saturday. She got shot. She's dead. And uh, nobody cares. There's no mention of this on CNN or MSNBC. If it's in the New, oh, it's in the New York Times. We can get to that. Just a, a couple of paragraphs well below the story of Ralph Yarl. This is the obsession that the media slash Democrats, white people, buffoon in the White House, the race hustler in the White House. This is uh, a, a great example of how they view the world. Oh, look, a tragic shooting. Two white people, white victim, who cares? Oh, look, another tragic shooting. Someone else went to the wrong house. Oh, the shooter was white. Good. I, I, what what calls the victim? Oh, the victim's black. Perfect. Get a number. Get a name. Let's call him. Let's invite him to the White House. Ben Crump is on the way. CNN, MSNBC, the New York Times, Washington Post, they are all on the way. They can use this to fan the flames of racial division which is their specialty, and nobody does it more predictively, more consistently, more cynically than the, the, than the, the 80-year-old man in the White House. This is the United States Commander, for God's yeah, sake. That guy, that guy does not give a damn about, uh, about uh, uh, Kalen Gillis. He cares about um, Ralph Yarl, and Ralph Yarl, in a weird way, he was lucky. He was shot by a man named Andrew Lester, who's white. If Andrew Lester, the 84-year-old guy 
who shot uh, at Yale on his doorstep. If Andrew Lester were black, Joe Biden wouldn't know about this story, wouldn't care about the story. It'd be irrelevant to him. It'd be like all the black kids who get shot in Chicago over the weekend or in Baltimore or in any inner city. None of the race hustlers, and I mean, all, you name them, Joe Biden to uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre to Kamala Harris to Ayanna Presley to, to Elizabeth Warren to the whole worthless bunch of them. None of them would care uh, 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 at all about Ralph Yarl if Andrew Lester, the old white guy, were an old black guy. They'd just move on, turn the page. But Ralph Yarl was shot by an old black, old white guy who we're going to find out is not of sound mind. Just look at him. Get his mugshot, Ironhead. Throw it up there. This guy, I mean, he looks like he's, I don't know. If, if Joe Biden and Dianne Feinstein had a baby, it would be Andrew Lester. <laughs> he just looks like a, a unhinged old man who shot someone on his door because he was, he's probably an angry old man. Maybe he's racist. Probably is. He's probably racist, angry, disoriented old man. Very tragic situation. Thank God. Ralph Yarl, <laughs> you think this guy is uh, of sound mind? I don't, but I guess that's irrelevant. He's white, uh, Yarl is black, so the president of the United States. And by the way, all the media, I just watched uh, Don, uh, Don Lemon interviewing the uh, mayor of Kansas City, another race hustler, saying he has no doubt this was based on race. No doubt that this, this, this unhinged old man would not have pulled the trigger if Ralph Yarl were a white guy who went to the wrong door. I mean, he has no way of knowing that, but he uh, is convinced, and he's convinced for one reason only, he can use it. It is how people like that made it into higher office, by using race, dividing people on race, telling you know black people they were there for them, telling white people they should feel, feel guilty for being white. That's how it works. That's how it works with Joe Biden in Joe Biden's America. Just a reminder, a review. I was thinking of some of the things he's done. And we ask this question, you know, every time, like if you're a politician, if you're a president, senator, whatever, governor, isn't it easy to be the consoler in chief? Isn't it easy to go places and console people who've been through just horrific situations? How hard would it have been for Joe Biden to go to Nashville after the Covenant School shooting, a trans terrorist shot up a Christian school, shot three nine-year-old kids, three staff members, six Christians in cold blood. Obviously, some politicians went there and, and uh, offered their uh, condolences and, and threw some flowers on the, on the memorial. Uh, not Joe Biden. No. He refused to go there. Kamala Harris went there to meet with those clowns there's the two Justins, Pearson and Jones. By the way, one of them, I think it was Jones, tried to carry a little kid's coffin into the state house yesterday. Literally a coffin, because he's grandstanding about gun control. One of four people who voted against adding security to schools. That guy wants you to think he cares about dead kids and tried to carry a coffin into the state house. He was stopped. Because they have a rule, no props. <laughs> Pretty sure that violated the rule. Uh, but of course, he'll say it was because racism, whatever. Those two clowns are enjoying their time in, uh, in the spotlight. Uh, Kamala went to meet with them. Didn't go to the Covenant School. Didn't even, 
you know, call the families. Why? I mean, I understand they're white. Kamala, you know, cares, doesn't care about white people. Joe Biden doesn't care about white victims. But you could do it, and it wouldn't take a lot of energy. It wouldn't take a lot of effort. It'd be a hell of a lot easier to go to Nashville and meet with the families of the victims or just go to the school than it would to go to Ireland and Northern Ireland with your grifter crackhead son and, you know, explore your lineage uh, and, uh, and go through that charade. When, um, when a, 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 a SUV driver ran down, uh, it ran over people at a Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin, killing six, including an eight-year-old child. Joe Biden, no intent, never went to Waukesha. Of course not. Buffalo, there's a shooting. A white, uh, white uh, racist kid shoots a bunch of black people at a grocery store. Joe Biden's first, he's the first guy to show up and console them and scream about it. Nothing matters but race. He doesn't care about gun violence unless he can use it to advance his agenda. Gun violence among gangbangers in the inner city means nothing to him. Gun violence, if it's a white person who shoots a black person, that is top of his agenda. It's just so cynical. I guess it works. I guess it got him elected. But I hope more Americans just see through it and are disgusted by it because it is disgusting. He is a disgusting race hustler. That's what he is. Doesn't care about Kristen Gillis. Kaylin Gillis doesn't care about Kaylin Gillis doesn't care about the six people in uh, covenant school doesn't care about the kid in Waukesha at a Christmas parade because they're the wrong color or the murderer is the wrong color. If the Waukesha driver uh, were a white guy upset about whatever you can be guaranteed he would make a trip to Waukesha he'd make a phone call. He'd show up and invite him to the white house. Every decision he makes is based on dividing people along racial lines, along sexual orientation, uh, whatever. If he can't divide people and use it to advance his political agenda, he does not care. This is, it really is sickening when you think about it. Uh, and, And the media is just as bad. Obviously, they're on board. Obviously, every Democrat uses race they, they don't care about, but they don't care about victims. They don't care about kids. They care about uh, dividing people and using race. Um, by the way, Kalen Gillis, they start both, both victims, Kalen Gillis, who is dead and Ralph Yarl, who is alive. Kalen was 20. Ralph is 16. They both have uh, GoFundMes to support their families. Yesterday, last I checked, Kalen Gillis had raised 89,000. Ralph Yarl, three million, and I'm not uh, accusing people who donate of, of but donating on racial lines. They're reacting to the news, and they're reacting to the way the media is covering these news two stories. I'll bet you most of the people who donated to Ralph Yarl don't even know who Kale Kalen Gillis is, and they don't they don't know her story. They don't care because well, they 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 haven't heard it. The media doesn't cover it. Ralph Yarl leads the news. Don Lemon can't wait every day to talk about this racial violence in Kansas City. At the same time, you have literally hundreds, some estimates up to 400 kids marauding in Chicago, downtown Chicago, and uh, and committing violence and hurting people and breaking things and 
attacking uh, innocent people. And that takes a backseat. That's, that's not the lead. The lead is a 16 year old kid in Kansas city for one reason, one reason only he was shot by a white guy. He was shot by a white guy. They can use it. They can advance the, the narrative, their favorite narrative of, of them all. White guy, violent, white supremacist, white racist. Look what he did to this poor, innocent black child. One kid, not killed, not dead, alive. He's doing okay. That's great. That's the lead story. The, the violence in the inner city, the murders, the shootings. They were in Chicago over the weekend. 32 people shot, eight dead. Most of them African-American, many of them kids. Joe Biden not calling any of their families, inviting them to the White House. Any of them, you know, have any chat on the face. Kamala Harris calling any of them. Don Lemon leading the his news report with that. Of course not. Of course not, because they're black kids shot by other black kids. So they don't give a damn. It's just so cynical and so sick. And it's too bad they get away with it. It really is. Um, but uh Get you get ready for it because Ralph Yell hasn't made it to the White House yet, and I'm happy for the kid. He's doing okay. It's amazing. I didn't know you could get shot in the temple and survive, but somehow he did. I watched uh, one of his lawyers. He's got a team of lawyers. I'm not sure who they're going to sue. I'm not sure if the old man Lester has uh, <laughs> has a huge estate, but they'll be suing the hell out of him. And and I don't know. Maybe they'll find someone else to sue. You know, maybe they'll sue Donald Trump. <laughs> ben Crump doesn't get on a plane unless he knows he's going to make millions. So he's there in Chicago making it all about white supremacy and white, you know, white uh, privilege and white everything else. That's the way it works in Joe Biden's America. We have gone back decades, rolled the clock back decades, and now everything is about race once again. I think it's it's wrong. It's cynical. It's disgusting but it works for him. Uh, but anyway, that's the uh, latest on the big story of the day. One 16 year old child shot, you know, in, as a aside, 32 were shot in Chicago over the weekend. And we, by the way, we have uh, an update on the big story. Uh, I'm sorry. It's not a big story. It's, it's a story, but uh, the ultimate what if the races were reversed story we told you about yesterday, a mob of kids, mostly kids, I think maybe some of them were, were grown men. Uh, some of them were women attacking a couple in Chicago, a couple that had just left Nordstrom's. They were shopping and they were looking to get something to eat. Uh, they were looking, they were trying to walk into a building. They were mugged, beaten by a huge mob of uh, black kids. The couple was, uh, the woman was white, the man was black, and they beat the hell out of them, stole their stuff. It's all on camera. And I, I've seen it covered. It's, uh, you know, by Fox News and Newsmax. But can you imagine, just imagine how big this story would be if the roles were reversed. If that were a gang of 30 or 40 white kids beating the hell out of a black woman. It would be bigger than the friggin', it'd be bigger than 9-11 right now. It would be the biggest story. It would be on all the channels. It would be uh, dissected and analyzed. They'd, they'd march out all the race hustlers, Al Sharpton, Ben Crump. They would all be out there. Ayanna Presley, uh, Joe Biden, they would all be screaming about it. But uh, not such a big deal because there were black kids beating up a white woman. I was actually surprised that the woman and the man were able to talk about it. They were rushed to the hospital by a strange good Samaritan 
they were treated and released and they were talking about it today. And the woman, she looks good. The guy's got some, some cuts and some bruises for taking a beating, but I guess maybe they were lucky. They were lucky that the uh, kids were kids and they weren't, you know, trying to kill them. They would just rut. They just roughed them up and stole their stuff and they videotaped it and posted it on social media. How is it? How are they not all arrested? How are the cops not breaking down that video and identifying everybody? Hell, the people are, they're videotaping it. They're posting it on their own, you know, TikToks or their own Instagram. Cops can't find the ones responsible here. I'm looking at it right now. You can see at least four or five people clearly easy to identify. You can see their faces, their clothes. Here they are. I mean, the one who posted this and say, yay, yay, we get active. So they're posting it and bragging about it and proud of it. Just ganging up on a couple, beating them up and taking their stuff. And they post that and think it's cool. And you can see the woman's face briefly of horror as she looks around and is like, yeah, she is right in the middle. Look at her looking around. She's not, she doesn't know if she's going to live or die. Fortunately, she lived, they survived, and they actually are uh, doing some interviews. Do we have the uh, sound from this couple? Ironhead? Yeah. One second. Uh, oh, man. Imagine being one of the parents, though, of the, the people attacking them and being like, you feel good about that, honestly? <laughs> well, first of all, there's no fathers. The father, the father, that's the biggest problem. The fathers are out of the picture. I mean, over 70% of black kids have no fathers in, in the inner city and in inner Chicago. It's worse. So most of these kids, there's no father. The mother, good question. How do you feel when you see this and know, recognize that sweatshirt or know that that's your kid's TikTok account? It's, it's, it's amazing that, uh, and then you have, you know, obviously politicians, you have the, uh, the, the mayor, the, the old mayor and the new mayor making excuses. It's going to get worse. They're going to do it again. The, water, winter, the weather's just warming up. They know they, there's two things. They think it's fun to go you know, rampaging, breaking things, beating up people. It's you know, something to do on a Saturday night. And they know, B, there's no consequences. They know they'll be, they won't be arrested. If they are arrested, they'll be released in 10 minutes. They know there'll be no jail time. They know there's really no consequences. That's why we see all the looting and them tearing up, you know, grocery stores or Walmarts is because they know they, first of all, it's fun and they get to get free stuff. And secondly, they know there are no consequences. Democrat politicians, Democrat elected officials, mayors, attorney general, they don't do anything to them. So why not? This was 8 PM Saturday night when they jumped these, uh, this couple, um, 20-year-old Ashley and 22-year-old DJ, they're not giving their last names, and they were shopping and then looking for something to eat. <coughs> they got jumped by 60 to 100 people, said a witness, a good Samaritan who hustled them out of there and took them to the hospital. And uh, they survived, uh, and they are talking about it now, but they must have been, they must have thought they were dead. I mean, you just jumped mm. by 100 people. Let's uh, listen to two of these, two of the, the lucky ones who got out alive. Go ahead. Um, well, I just recently saw the video, but we were just downtown in Chicago trying to shop, you know, trying to get some food. And we were, were walking down the street and there was a really big group of, of guys, a really big, big group of people. And girls. Yeah, guys and girls. And, you know, DJ had my hand and he was trying to lead me through the crowd of people. And they pushed him, they pushed me, 
and as soon as they pushed me, I told DJ, I said, hey, you know, they, they just shoved me. And he asked them, he was like, yo, don't shove her, who shoved her? And as soon as he said that, everything went crazy. You know, they said they're gonna kill us. They turned around and, you know, started fighting, you know. So sorry I got to pushed down that. to the ground and, yeah, I got pushed down to the ground and the whole group of people went to DJ, not me. Like, I have a lot less injuries than he does because I was a, more of a bystander than anything, but everyone went for him and it ended up in the middle of the street. They were jumping him in the middle of the street. It got pretty bad. Oh, I'm just so sorry to hear that. DJ, um, what were the extent of your injuries after all this, you and Ashley's injuries? Um, as you can see, I don't know if you can see or not, I have a black eye. Uh, my face is messed up. Uh, shoulder is pretty up too. I'm pretty sure I got a, it's out of place or something. My back, sore. Uh, my nose, I don't know what's wrong with my nose. It's swollen. I don't know what's going on with it, but uh, get it checked out soon. Um, her injuries. DJ looks like he can handle himself. He could, looks like he can handle any five of these kids. Unfortunately for him, there was a hundred of them. Or, yeah. uh, I mean, if he went one on three or four, he'd have kicked their ass. But they beat him up just for fun, just for fun. And uh, his girlfriend, who is white, but, you know, again, doesn't matter. Roles reversed. If that's a black woman mugged by a hundred white kids, we don't talk about anything else for a month. It's just, it's, I mean, it's just so sad how nothing matters but race to the mainstream media, to the Democrats, to the ruling class. It really is pathetic, but uh, at least they're alive. Kind of like Ralph, you know, miraculously they are alive. All right. We got to move. We got to get to uh, so much more. Ron DeSantis is, uh, is all in on the Bud Light boycott. Smart move by Ron. I got to say good move. Donald Trump, not so much. He's busy tweeting and texting through social. He's 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 back on Instagram, and his first post on Instagram was about selling NFTs, collectibles. <laughs> what the hell? Who is advising him? And uh, when he's posting on True Social, it's about personal grudges. He's he's posting about Mick Mulvaney when Don, when Ron DeSantis is out there backing up the boycott of Bud Light as he should be. Got to give him credit for that. More from Elon Musk with uh, Tucker. Talks about aliens. Ele uh, not illegal aliens. <laughs> space aliens. Interesting response. Tucker's a big space alien guy. Talks about him a lot. And uh, Elon Musk responds and gives you his insight. And as he said, nobody knows more about space than he does. We get the latest from Leah Thomas. She's not happy. The Biden administration's new policy, which isn't going to give, isn't going to allow every single guy to go into every single sport and beat up on the girls. And Leah, with her new look, I'm sorry, with his new look, isn't happy. And oh, no big deal. Just nine members of the Biden team, the Biden team, the Biden family involved in this corruption scheme, settling, selling influence to foreign governments. Nine of them. Now it's up to getting rich. Uh, James Comer on the Oversight Committee has receipts. It's only the biggest scandal in presidential history if we uh, actually cover it and get to the bottom of it. But, uh, hey, you know, he's uh, Joe Biden, Teflon Joe. But we'll get to that and lots more. But first. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. 
So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. A recession-proof investment without compromise, European American Armory Corp or EAA Corp has specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. market since 1990. Choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact carry or full size in three popular calibers. First time gun owner, no problem. EAA Corp all-in-one 9mm MC9 striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There's a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today from EAA Corp. EAA Corp says, get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of your hard-earned money. Visit eaacorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. All right, as we talked about yesterday, I am very encouraged by the Bud Light boycott. It is working. It is, the stars are aligning. Uh, People are, are running away in droves from Bud Light, vowing to never drink it again. I think this is going to work. I think it's going to be the first conservative boycott ever that has a real impact that wakes up corporate America, reminds them who their customers are. I don't think any company, at least no, you know, company that uh, markets their product to middle America, to middle-class people, to working people is going to be signing up with uh, Dylan Mulvaney, Dylan, Dylan Mulvaney anytime soon. Um, this is working. People are drinking other beers. People are, are, are dumping their Bud Light down the drain, and I love it. But uh, it has uh, put some of the candidates on the spot. As we pointed out yesterday, Donald Trump has said, said nothing about this. Donald Trump Jr. has tried to uh, uh, convince people not to boycott Bud Light because Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch donates to Republicans. Um, but we don't care about that. We don't care about donors. We care about uh, these 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 corporate these these corporate people, these advertising people who don't who, who piss on their loyal customers, elevate, celebrate people like Dylan Mulvaney. It's just and <laughs> there's Bud Light's new customer base, Adam Schiff and Ted Lou. Good luck with that. This is the biggest mistake in in advertising history. It really is, and we will see. As we know, the market cap is down. The sales are down. People are just just running away in droves from Bud Light. They're most loyal customers. That's who they insulted. That's who they uh, pissed on. And those people are fighting back. And I love it. While Donald Trump remains silent, or I shouldn't say silent, while he's out selling NFTs, I don't even understand what the hell he's selling. 
some kind of stupid collectible. I don't know what it is. Picture. Uh, Ron DeSantis did an interview with uh, Benny Johnson and uh, he went into a grocery store and, and Johnson asked him, you know, what do you think you're going to buy Bud Light? And DeSantis asked this doesn't didn't hesitate at all. Just said, not for me, not doing that Bud Light thing. This is the only answer a Republican candidate for president should, should have. Go ahead. Asking about the greater issue of transgenderism, Dylan Mulvaney, of course, is what kicked all of this off. What do you think about men taking the role of women and taking really women's, women's places in advertising, in sports, playing against them? And this seems like an existential threat to women. Uh, and total as fathers of daughters. You have a swimmer that competes on the men's team for three years at Penn and then switches to the women's team and then wins the 500 yard freestyle national championship for women when you're a mediocre male swimmer and now you win the women's and so you had a second place finisher she was actually from sarasota she should have been the national champion i did a proclamation from our office saying she was the best woman swimmer yes. in 500 yard because she was and so some of this is yes it's taking away opportunities and athletics and some other stuff and that's really really important but i think there's also just the issue of are we going to be a society based on truth or are we going to be a society based on deceit and if you take a man and they dress up as a woman and you tell me i have to accept that they're a woman then you're asking me to be complicit in a lie and i just refuse to do that so we've got to tell the truth uh i think you know the truth will set you free and let's just be honest about what's going on here that swimmer was not the best women's 500 yard champion okay the number two one was the best women so that's just the bottom line but you know i've got six-year-old daughter five-year-old son three-year-old daughter the three-year-old just started t-ball she's whacking really yeah. they're good athletes they like to do different things so you want to have opportunities and we got on this very early in florida we did this a couple years ago where we did the women's sports protection so that's been the law here for for several years now Okay, you got to get to the Budweiser part. That's the only video that we have. Okay. Can you please find the Budweiser, the answer when he talks about Budweiser, please? Sure. Uh, obviously, it's a great answer. Uh, talking about Leah Thomas, he nails it. He's right. The, the second place finisher is the real national champ. Should have the trophy. It's a cool, it's a smart move politically. There's not a single Republican who's going to vote in the uh, primaries who thinks Leah Thomas is a woman. Not one. I mean, maybe you can debate it in the general election. I think most Democrats would agree with Republicans that Leah Thomas is not a woman, that Dylan Mulvaney is not a woman. This is, as he said, a war on truth, a war on objective reality. That's what it is. Simple as that. Nobody, nobody believes Leah Thomas is a woman. Nobody believes Leah Thomas should be racing men. Nobody believes Dylan, uh, Dylan uh, Mulvaney is a woman, nobody celebrating her, uh, his 365 days of womanhood, nobody. Uh, and at least uh, DeSantis has the guts to say it and the guts to say he ain't drinking Bud Light. Uh, is this, is this uh, DeSantis talking about Bud Light? Yep. Yep. 
Bud Light, gotta get your take on the boycott. So you just brought up Anheuser-Busch. Bud Light's getting why, hit, why, hit as hard as I've ever why seen it. Why do you want to drink Bud Light? I mean, like, honestly, th that's like them rubbing our faces in it. And it's like these companies that do this, if they never have any response, they're just gonna keep doing it. So if you as a consumer are like, yeah, they're basically, and, and, and I mean, it's such a fraud with, with what they're doing with that. Like, yeah, they're doing that, but I'm just gonna keep drinking it anyways. Well, then they're just gonna keep doing it. So I think we have power as consumers to make our voice heard and not on every company because sometimes conservative uh, consumers aren't gonna make a dent in some companies. This one is one, if you don't have conservative beer drinkers, you're gonna feel that. And yeah. so, you know, I think it's a righteous, um, I think it's a righteous thing. You know, some of these controversies, they come up and people can kind of just say, oh, well, it's kind of a one-off, yeah, it was stupid to do, but it's part of a larger thing where corporate America uh, is trying to change our country. Yeah. trying to change policy, trying to change culture. And, you know, I'd rather be governed by we the people than, than woke companies. And so I think pushback is in order across the board, including with Bud Light. Will we ever see you drinking a Bud Light again? No, I don't think so. Consider while he's doing this, and I will not drink Bud Light again, uh, Donald Trump's saying nothing. He's selling uh, NFTs. Donald Trump defended Disney yesterday while, while DeSantis attacked Disney. Um, and... Uh, Don, and and Trump took the side of Disney and 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 DeSantis is pushing back on these woke companies. Republicans are loving it. They're supporting him. And and Trump is sitting back saying, uh, buy my NFTs. Good day for Ron DeSantis. I hope he keeps it up. I, I hope he declares, man. I hope he declares and I hope they debate. Because I have a feeling uh DeSantis will kick Trump's ass in a debate. And I will be there for it. All right, we got lots more to get to. I want to get to uh uh, I want to get to uh, Demar Hamlin's return. That's big, but we do have to uh, we do have to mention this. That's kind of a kind of an important story. Uh, you probably won't see it. In most mainstream media outlets. It's just every single member of Joe Biden's extended family taking money from the communist Chinese. That's all. That's all. Oh, but Donald Trump. Here now we're going to defend Trump. Donald Trump paid off a strip, a hook, a whatever she is, a porn star. Gave her 120 grand. Uh, Joe Biden's family is, is filthy, dirty, corrupt. They're taking millions and millions from the Chinese Communist Party. He was asked about it yesterday. James Comer said on Monday that the reviews of their bank records, now these are bank records. These are SARS, that's suspicious activity reports for suspicious activity uh, in banking. They're taking money from the Chinese Communist Party. They're trying to hide it through various LLCs and, and shell companies. And the money is ending up in the pockets of various Biden family members. And jo James Comer, the head of the, the committee, the oversight committee, asked the best question. They can't find a business. They can't find a product that this, that this family sells. They're just getting money. And what the, and the, the product is access to the vice president then and now the president. That's it. It's just the biggest scandal in presidential history. He was asked about it yesterday. And of course, he did not respond walking into the presidential office. Comer said the president, the Biden family enterprises centered on Joe Biden's political career connections and has generated an exorbitant amount of money for the Biden family. We've identified six additional members of Joe Biden's family who benefited from the family business that we're investigating, bringing the total number 
involved or benefiting to nine. Biden has repeatedly denied knowledge about or uh, denied knowledge about or involvement with the foreign business dealings of his son and brother in places like China, Mexico, and Ukraine. Even though Biden himself regularly interacted with the relatives, associates, while he was vice president. Uh, Comer revealed last month that at least three members of the family received a portion of $3 million wired from Chinese energy uh, company HK to the Biden family associate, Rob Walker. He, he in turn transferred the money to Hunter and James Biden, along with Hallie Biden, that would be Bo Biden's widow, a school teacher who was taking money from this scam and has no, there's no, does no work, has no business, sells no product. They just send money to this corrupt family because they know that Joe can be bought. That's simple. That's going on right now. Um, and it's getting bigger. Comer's great. Comer says, we got more. We're just getting started. That, that 3 million was from one bank. They have dozens of other banks and suspicious activity reports and money wire transfers going to the Bidens from the Chinese Communist Party for nothing. There is no business. It's just Joe selling access to his office. That's it. That is the definition of corruption. And uh, the media, you know, once they're done with the whatever, latest Trump deposition, maybe they'll get around to it. Maybe they'll mention it, but uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't wait underwater for that one. But all right, let me do Shane. Then we'll get to Damar Hamlin. Oh, and uh, we never got to... uh, do we have time to do Leah's latest? Cause you got to see Leah if you haven't seen her lately and we haven't got the meat brick yet either, but we got lots more to get to. But uh, first, well, it's the dead of winter, but that doesn't slow down shade concrete. They got a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great values with designs that will fit your home. A new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you a much better curb appeal. You'll be the talk of the town, the envy of the neighborhood. Shea will take care of all this. They remove the old stairs. You don't want to have to do that yourself. When they're done, you'll have a great looking new entrance that will add value to your home. Is not an expense. This is an investment in your home. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you get a brand new front entrance. Go to SheaConcrete.com to learn more. Also, you can go there and look for a job. Right now, Shea is hiring. They've got between 15 to 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. And I was a little, you know what, Tamar uh, Hamlin's a great story. I do, I am happy for him. He is coming back. He announced it yesterday. He's gotten the green light to return to football. He said his affliction was simple, Codio, Commodio, Cordis, where your heart gets hit on the, you know, right on the screws, right on, direct hit from your heart. It happens in soccer. It's happened in baseball. It doesn't happen much in football, but they're saying that's what it was. No mention of any, uh, COVID related injury. He said he's coming back. He made his Ironhead's favorite sign, the heart sign with his hands. And everybody's just going to be focused like a laser on him. You know, if he were a a quarterback, if he were a kicker, uh, he's a safety, he's a hitter. We're going to see him hit. And every time he hits, at least for the first few games, people are going to be holding their breath and wondering if this could happen again. Hell, He's going to be 
reluctant, I would guess, to really go all out at first. You know, you got six, eight weeks of training camps and, you know, mini camps and everything else. So he'll be able to get his gradually build up to that moment. But I can't imagine how emotional it's going to be when he returns to the field. I mean, as he said yesterday, he died. He died on the field. His heart stopped. Some heroic uh, EMTs and trainers brought him back to life, saved his life. I'm sure they'll be they'll be in attendance. They'll be honored as they should be for saving him. But he sounded pretty good, and you know he doesn't sound like he's hesitating at all. And I'm thinking he got you know he got convinced. He had to be convinced by the doctors that there was very little chance that this could happen again. So. Uh, let's listen to Demar. Does he make the sign for you, Ironhead? Make the little heart. I don't believe he does in this video. <laughs> no, you love that heart, but uh, it's going to be wild. I guess all those rumors that he actually died and there was a body double at the game up in the luxury box. I guess those were true, huh? <laughs> well, he died for sure. The body double. It was just suspicious because every time they showed him, there was so much snow you couldn't make out who it was. But they're like, we swear that's him. You know, if he would. 35 and not 25. There'd be a lot of people say, just walk away. If he right. made a lot of money, right. But he's 25. I can't blame him. If they told him there's a 10% chance you could die. I bet he would still come back. These, these guys, they, they don't want to walk away, particularly at his age. And you know, they want to go back out there. They love it. It's what they do. It's what they're great at. And you know, he hasn't made a lot of money yet. He wants to earn a living. So I don't blame him. I would do the same thing if I were 25, but uh, let's listen to him yesterday. Uh, talk about returning to the game that almost killed him. Um, what, uh, so the diagnosis of pretty much what happened to me was basically commodio cortis. It's a direct blow at a specific point in your heartbeat that causes cardiac arrest. And five to seven seconds later, um, you fall out. And that's pretty much what everyone's seen January 2nd of this year. Um, Commodio Cortis is the leading cause of death in youth in youth athletes across all sports. So that's something that I personally will be taking a step in to make a change. Um, and also with that being said, you know, the all the awareness around CPR and the access to AEDs have been lower in that number as well. My heart is still in it. You know, my heart is still in the game. Uh, I love the game. Um, it, it's something I want to prove to myself, not nobody else. You know, uh, it's just I just want to show people that that fear is a choice um, that, you know, you can keep going in something without having the answers and without knowing what's at the end of the tunnel. Or, you know, you might you might feel anxious. You might feel any type of way, you know, but you just keep putting that right foot in front of the left one and you keep going. I want to stand for that. Oh, good luck. Good luck to him. You know what? It's going to be a great story. It's going to be wild. And you knew it wasn't, if they gave him any kind of opening at all, he was going to take it. He was going to return. I mean, what else are you going to do? Just give up? Do what? You know, go, you know, go learn a trade. <laughs> He's a football player and uh, I don't blame him one bit. I hope. Uh, I don't know who, he, I don't know who Buffalo is playing in week one, but they should really like offer up the fifth string wide receiver over the middle on the first play and just let him kill him. Right. He's, uh, <laughs> maybe the Patriots still and God knows they'll be playing them and uh, you know, they'll, they'll be on TV, national TV a lot. So we're going to get a lot of chances to watch Tamar Hamlin and see how he, uh, recovers. I'm going to guess he'll be a little, <clears throat> a little nervous, a little anxious on day one, but uh, he'll settle in. 
you know, he's a safety. He's a badass. It's going to be a, it's going to be okay. And, and everyone, you know, just think of any athlete, they get a chance to come back. They do. They don't walk away from it. They don't, they're, built different. They don't fear. They're cocky. They're confident. They don't think, Oh no, my heart's going to stop again. I mean, look at Reggie Lewis did and he paid with his life and he didn't get nearly the affirmation, the confirmation from the medical team that DeMar Hamlin did. I'm guessing he doesn't feel like he's taking a big risk, at least not with his heart, maybe with his head or his, his ACL or whatever, but I think he'll be okay. All right. We got to, how much time we got? We got time to a play minute. Leah because yeah. well, we never got to Leah yesterday. Leah's not happy. Here's what here's the lesson. You can never <clears throat> satisf- satisfy the trans mob. They're just going to keep coming. They are one-tenth of one percent of the public, but, man, they demand. They make a lot of demands. Leah Thomas, as we know, stole, rec- stole national titles from girls, stole trophies from girls, you know, stole the glory made young girls, 18, 19 year old girls, really uncomfortable walking around naked in the locker room. It's what he enjoyed. He enjoyed beating up on girls and making them uncomfortable. That's what got him off. He, he liked it. And he liked the fact that the media and the Democrats and lots of people uh, who were afraid to speak out uh, fell in line behind him and supported him as he stole glory and, and awards and, and uh, from girls. Um, he the obviously the Biden administration is supportive. They believe in girl and boys playing girls sports, boys going into girls locker rooms naked. They're all in, but not quite all in. Apparently I didn't even really get the details of this, but uh, the Biden administration uh, has new proposals which prohibit sex-based discrimination, but did not go far enough to ensure that transgender athletes can compete in divisions that match their identities, according to Thomas. The proposal prohibits schools from enforcing, quote, categorical bans on transgender athletes, but it would allow for exceptions based on the sport, grade, and level of competition. So they're allowing exceptions. So if you get some big, huge stud who wants to play girls basketball and is just knocking girls out, or, you know, someone like Leah, obviously a man with many, many physical advantages, and you realize it's just simply not fair. Maybe he can make an exception. Leah wasn't happy with that. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't happy. He wants boys to be allowed to beat up on girls anytime they want, any sport, any level. You know, that's because, you know, that's, that's fairness. You know, that's progress. But listen to this guy, and I ask my friends, my Democrat friends, is this the guy you support? This, you support this guy, this brute beating up on girls. You think that's fair? You think that's competition? Please, go ahead. Let's listen to uh, Leah. And uh, if you're just listening, Leah's dyed her hair, dyed his hair red. And not like red, like red hair, but just fire engine red. And Leah has a look in his eye like he is crazier than ever. You know why? Because he is winning. He just keeps winning. He, he knows that nobody's going to stop him, at least in Biden's America, that no one's going to stop him, that he'll keep kicking ass and getting his way. And he loves this. This turns him on. Go ahead. My name is Leah Thomas. I'm a transgender woman, a former college swimmer, and the first trans athlete to be named Division I NCAA champion. I started swimming when I was five years old, and it's taught me so much. It's given me so many opportunities to learn, grow, develop, and connect with my peers. 
Opportunities that I wouldn't have gotten if I didn't have access to athletics. That's why it breaks my heart to see trans kids across the country lose out on these opportunities. The Department of Education has proposed a new rule for Title IX regarding transgender athletes. This rule would prohibit blanket bans on transgender kids, especially in grades K through eight. However, it would not prohibit discrimination against trans kids in the high school and college levels under the guise of competitive fairness. This rule is a good start. However, it is not enough. During this time of intense anti-trans back- People have been wondering what happened to Brock Turner. Do you think this is it? <laughs> Not enough. I've had enough. I've had enough. It's not enough. I love this. You know, you deny opportunities to trans kids. He swam against boys and men until two years ago, you know, until he was like 21 years old and he was a mediocre men's swimmer. It wasn't enough. He, he wasn't winning the trophies. So he switched, put on a girl's bathing suit, said, I'm a girl and started kicking ass. It's not enough. You just have to uh, let men beat up on girls in every sport at all times, period. You go with that, Leah. You go with that, Joe. You know, that's good plan because I think most people think it's utterly insane. All right, we got to leave it there. Never even got to meet Brick again. Maybe maybe we'll do it Friday. We'll get to the uh, lowest point in the history of Saturday Night Live. One of these days we'll get to it. It is, uh, it is the cringiest thing you will ever see. Uh, but uh, we'll leave it there for today. Thanks to everyone for watching and listening and commenting. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. Here tonight, shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.